episode 45, Five Strategies to Free Yourself from the Corporate Grind. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live Life Amplified. So this week is a really important anniversary in my life, one that I'm super proud to share with you today. It was three years ago this week that I made the committed decision to not just walk away from a soul-sucking nine-to-five corporate job, but pretty much give the middle finger to and wholesale reject that lifestyle. It was a day that started out like a lot of days were for me at that point in my life. I hit the snooze button about three or four times because I just didn't have the energy to pull myself out of bed. It was a Monday morning, I knew I was going to walk in to that BS Monday morning sales meeting. I knew I was going to feel creatively stifled all day, that I wasn't going to feel like I had any ownership over the work I did, but also just over my schedule or my life. There was a whole slate of meetings that were already dictated to me. And it was just overwhelming. It felt like there was an anvil sitting on top of my chest. But at that point, you know, I was doing what a lot of people do, which is dip a toe in the water about making an escape plan but not committing. In my mind, when I woke up that morning, I was on a two-year plan to exit corporate America. I didn't really think I was going to be doing the work I'm doing now till the end of 2017. And perhaps that's something that you've done in your life. You've told yourself, well, in two years, or I'm on a five-year plan plan or I have to save more money first or somehow I've got to gain more skills and knowledge in this other area before I transition in my career. And at the end of the day, if you're on a two-year plan, if you're on a five-year plan, that's a delay tactic and it can make you feel good in the short term because it's soon enough that you really convince yourself you're going to take action, but it's far enough away that you don't have to take action right now. And I had done some of the baby steps leading up to this day. I mean, I had taken an online course about how to build a spiritual entrepreneurship. And even the Friday before this, I bought my web domain, even though I had no idea how to design a website or build it out. But what I've learned along the way is the universe just has a different timeline than you do. And in fact, that idea was reinforced to me because I got in the car that morning. And the only way I could even muster up a little energy and motivation at that point in my career was to feed myself inspiring TED Talks or inspirational content on the way to work. And I was listening to a video from Gabrielle Burns and the video was called God Laughs at Your Timeline. (laughs) And she was sharing a story about a friend of hers who was an author who had all these plans perfectly laid out for the next 18 months of her life. She was going to finish her book. She had a release date set. She was going to go on a massive book tour. And then she was going to come home and start a family with her husband. They were going to get pregnant. And the universe jumped in because no sooner had she made this plan, she found out she was already pregnant and the baby was due the day the book was supposed to come out hear this story and I'm laughing to myself thinking, eh, that's cute. You know, that doesn't really apply to me though, because I got a perfect plan laid out for my life. Fall of 2017 is when I'm going to walk away and I'm going to tell these guys to screw off and I'm going to go do my own plan. And by 4.30 that afternoon, I got called into a meeting in my boss's office. It did not go well. And look, at this point, I was so unhappy, they could see it on my face. I'm not one to really hide my emotions and have a great poker face when I'm feeling unhappy. But the same thing was 
because they weren't really happy with me either. You know, they wanted somebody who was going to be more quiet, who just takes marching orders, and that's certainly not my style when I worked in corporate. So we came to this impasse that either there was a list of things that I had to do to change, or I could walk away. And I chose to walk away. And I remember sitting in my car that day. And my world was turned upside down at that point. I mean, what was supposed to be a two-year plan was now immediately in front of me. And I was like, oh, holy hell, what am I going to do? And I joke when I talk about this, if I'm out giving talks or speeches, that this business that I've created started with just a laptop and a dream. And quite honestly, I realized I didn't even have the laptop. My laptop was issued to me by the company. So they took it from me on the way out the door. And all I had at home... It was like a broken 2006 MacBook that had died and run its course. So my first stop as I pulled out of the parking lot that day was to go to Office Depot and find myself a brand new laptop. That's where all this started. I knew if I was going to run an online business at home, I better get all the equipment that I needed. And I didn't know how to build a website. I didn't know how to run an online business. I didn't even know if I knew how to find clients or if I could truly deliver the transformation to people that I wanted to give to them and the impact that I wanted to make in the world. And this brings me to a lot of the lessons that I've learned on this journey, because here I am three years later, now making more money. This is the highest earned year of my life as an adult, more so than I did in that cushy corporate job. I'm earning the money in a way that gives me total freedom and flexibility over my time, my schedule. I get to sit here and create creative content all day that I can share with you. And I know every day, like I can go to bed at night knowing that I'm in some small way making an impact on somebody else's life. You know, you look at the statistics on this podcast. I mean, we're reaching people in all 50 states of the U.S. and 40 countries. I never imagined that that was even possible for my life when I started this journey. Now, why do I share this with you? This isn't about the wonder of me or Dan's so great. You know, I just want to be an inspiration for you on what is possible. Because last week, I got the results of that survey that we put out. And I asked you, what are your biggest concerns, your challenges, and your frustrations when it comes to career reinvention? And the answers that came up were all fear-based. Dan, I'm afraid I'm going to fail. Dan, I'm afraid I can't support my family or that I won't be able to earn money. And a big one that came up is I'm afraid that I don't even have the skills or the knowledge or the know-how to build this next thing that I want to create in my life because I've never done it before. So I want you to take the info that I'm sharing with you today and these five points that have really been part of my journey and just know that you can apply this to your life. And I'm not saying that you want to start your own business. Entrepreneurship is isn't for everybody. That may very well be your plan is to go to work for yourself. We're seeing more and more the idea of laptop living show up on social media, especially when people are, are afraid that their jobs might be cut because of artificial intelligence or automation. So maybe that's your plan, but maybe you're just at a desk job and you got this other dream for your life about another career within an office structure and you don't know how to bridge that gap to get there. That's fine. Maybe you're a person who loves your current job, but you're just burnt out. You want to find a way to set boundaries with your work and create more time for the things you love, the people that you love, the hobbies that you love, creative pursuits. These five strategies I'm going to share with you today, I think, stand on their own. And these will work for you whether you're looking to go down an entrepreneur path or you're just looking to find more freedom and fulfillment in your life today. So please consider this episode as a gift from my heart to yours. These are five things that I wish I knew when I started the journey back in 2015 
routine that probably would have sped up my progress a great deal, but I'm sharing them with you this week on Life Amplified. I mentioned that survey that I put out for the audience last week, and one of the big words that came up was confidence. Dan, I lack the confidence to make that move. And if you listen to the story here at the beginning of the podcast, you know I was in the same spot. You know, it was to be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. And I sat there in my car literally shaking because I was like, oh, God, I've been talking about this forever, and now I've got to commit to it. I was so full of self-doubt that day and all throughout the journey, the first time I did an enrollment call with a potential new client, I was riddled with self-doubt. The first time I held an online webinar full of self-doubt, the first workshop that I hosted, the first keynote speech I gave, along the way, there's always been self-doubt about whether I'm ready for the next step. There was self-doubt on launching this podcast. That's why I did it a year later than I should have. We should be celebrating the two-year anniversary of this podcast in November. Instead, we're just celebrating year one. But here is the thing I want you to know about confidence. It's not an absence of self-doubt. That's where we get it twisted. Confidence is being ready to crap your pants because you're so afraid, but it's your ability to take action in spite of the fear. Whatever you're trying to create in your life that has you paralyzed with fear right now, we've got to reframe the way we look at confidence. It's not like walking in with your chest puffed out like your Gaston from Beauty and the Beast being cocky and overconfident. It's not a false sense of belief in yourself, but what it is is an admission that I will figure this out because I always have before. That ended up being the mantra when I look back on so many conversations I had in the early days of my business. That became my refrain is I don't know but I'll figure it out. I remember sitting in the kitchen with my girlfriend at the time and she was really upset, almost in tears. She's like, what are you doing? Most businesses don't even make money for two years. 90% of them fold within 10 years. The odds are so stacked against you. And she told me, she said, you're not trained to be a psychologist. How, who are you to help people? And I looked at her, I said, well, number one, thank God I'm not launching a business to become a psychologist. I'm just gonna be a coach. And number two, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. Not a great answer that the people in your life want to hear, but that's how I had to approach it. I had a conversation with my father, and one of the big things within my family is sort of that appearance of image. That was always a big theme is how do you look to the outside world? And he was really exasperated on the phone. He's like, I don't even know what to tell people when they ask me what you're doing with your life now. He goes, I don't even know what you do. He goes, if you can't explain it to me, what it is you're trying to do and make it make sense. How are you ever going to find clients? How are you going to market it? And my response was, Dad, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. The fact of the matter is, my friend, whatever it is that you want to create in this next phase of your life, whether it be in your career, your relationships, your finances, your health, of course you're not going to know how to do it. You didn't know how to drive a car the first time you got behind the wheel. You didn't know how to have the intercourse the first time you made love to somebody, but you figured it out. Somewhere one of my female listeners is rolling her eyes going, well, my husband still hasn't figured it out. And that's something I'm not qualified to help you with. However, I can tell you that confidence grows as you build competence in a new skill. 
for me to build this business to multiple six figures and be having the financial success that I am right now, it wasn't just a matter of learning to coach people. I felt that that was an inherent gift that I was born with and I've always had, but I had to learn to become a better marketer. I had to learn to become a better salesperson. Whatever the product is that you're trying to create, even in a way, if it's a spiritual entrepreneurship and you want to help people, there is a sales aspect. And you're not selling to people to be a slime ball. You're selling for them because it's something that can change your life. But I had never done that before. It's something that I've had to really learn how to do over time. And as I built competency in all these new skills, design, public speaking, putting together an hour-long keynote address, as I've done these things, I built more confidence over time. So lack of confidence is not the reason not to start, but it is a reason to get curious. What are the skills that you need to learn to get to that next level? How can you start training yourself right now? And it doesn't mean that you need to walk into your boss's office and quit the job today. But you need to set a date in your mind as to when you're going to do it and then start thinking what are all the things you need to have in place in order to be ready to answer the call. And even once you learn those things, you're still not going to feel ready. I had a client once who met with her financial advisor when she was thinking about leaving a really successful sales career and she realized she had had enough money in the bank to retire right then and now and had an extra quarter of a million dollar cushion to account for any mistakes. She was fine financially, but do you think it felt any easier when it came time to give her resignation? Of course not. She was terrified. But again, confidence is not the lack of self-doubt. It's not a lack of fear. It's your ability to rise up and take action in spite of it. That is the number one lesson that I've learned. Lesson number two that I want to share with you today. Oh, this is such a big one. And I will tell you this has come to my life in a huge way over the past eight months or so and it has changed the way that I look at myself and it's changed the way that I coach my clients because I see this pattern everywhere you cannot do it alone isolating yourself will keep you immobilized you have to be able to ask for and allow yourself to receive help why is this a tough thing in our culture? You know, if you're anything like me, you might have grown up in a home where you weren't just made to feel needy for having needs. In some instances, you were told that you're wrong for having needs. You know, it's a big thing that happens if you grew up in a home with a narcissistic parent or if there was addiction in your family. A lot of times it became, well, we got to, you know, hide the alcohol from a parent or we're going to, you know, I know so many people who as kids were having to dump out the vodka out of a bottle and replace it with water just because they were were trying to be responsible for their parent. And somewhere in all that, at an early age, you lose the ability to even focus on yourself. Your life becomes about taking care of everyone else around you. If you became the parent to your parent in an early age, or if you had a lot of siblings and your parents were working and you were the one who had to take care of everybody, your tendency is going to be to isolate and not ask for what you want. You'll always be outward focused on everybody else. But over time, uh, that's going to lead to resentment. It's going to lead you to shut down. It's going to lead you to disassociate and even disconnect from what your needs are. So you'll never know what to ask for in the first place. And I see this pattern of isolating and not receiving help play out different ways depending on if I'm working with male or female clients. I think a lot of times for men, we're trained from an early age to believe showing any vulnerability is weakness. 
You probably even notice this in your relationship. What are the chances that a guy will pull over the car and ask for directions? It's always like, no, it's fine. I got this. I'll figure it out. We're hardwired that way to want to push through. When I talk here about what I see with my female clients, please know this is not mansplaining on my part, but I've had the privilege now to work with a lot of high-achieving women who are crushing it in their career, and those are the ones in particular who I see struggle to ask for help. You know, many of them are the breadwinners in their family. In fact, statistically, we're living in an age right now where more women than ever are the primary breadwinners for their home, which is awesome to see the ladies just going out there and handling their business. I love that. But because in some instances, they are single moms, or because they've had experiences in their life where men have let them down, whether it be a father, a past boyfriend, an ex-husband, I see a lot of my female clients who've taken on this belief that they just say, F it, I'll do it all myself. It's easier if I handle it. And that mindset, that masculine energy, is what is helping women crush it in the workplace. They're just going in. They're handling things. And it's not that you can't handle things at home. You certainly can. But wouldn't it be nice to have a little bit of help? Wouldn't it be nice to have a man show up and be like, you know what? You've had a long day. I've got this. I'll put the kids to bed tonight. So, of course, whether you're a man or woman listening to this podcast today, of course you are self-sufficient. Of course you can handle your shit on your own. But wouldn't it be nice to have connection with other people? Wouldn't it be nice to have an individual or a community that you can rely on? And that can be built easily, but it has to come with a belief that it's okay for me to have needs and that being vulnerable is actually what makes me strong. It's what helps me build more trust with other people when I can open myself up and not have to be Superman, not have to be Superwoman. Now, for me, I don't have a spouse I don't have any children. Uh, I do have a 16-year-old arthritic dog who is the love of my life. Shout out to Buffy, who's uh, just laying here on the floor looking at me right now as I record this podcast. (laughs) But even in my life, I found ways to isolate that I wasn't aware of until my mentors pointed it out. Work is a great way to isolate yourself. If you can bury yourself in work as a single person, you don't have to put yourself out there to be vulnerable in a potential new relationship. And that's something I've really worked on over the last few months. And even to the point now where I've recently entered into a new relationship, which has been awesome. And it's been a really positive thing in my life. I'll talk to you about how that's impacted my life and my business coming up on one of the later points. What I've realized in my life is that this isolation pattern of trying to do it all by myself is the single biggest block that's going to keep me from getting my business from where it is right now to an even bigger level. And it's something I've been working on a lot because, you know, I've been operating as a solopreneur over here, sort of an army of one and really killing it, you know, juggling a full slate of clients and launching my group programs and creating the podcast and doing media appearances and speaking engagements. But I am at the point right now where I really need to start building out a team. And for me, that's going to look like a team of virtual assistants. It's probably going to look like somebody handling all my social media moving forward. And it's really hard for me to give that up. You know, there's a part of me that's a little bit of a control freak and I want to do it all myself. But what I've realized in doing my personal development is at the end of the day is I have a belief that other people will let me down, that other people will leave me. They won't show up for me 
if I ask for what I need. And that's rooted in a variety of reasons from childhood, but it's been a big work point in knowing that it is safe, that I can let go of the wheel, that I can let somebody else handle these things, and that, you know, with the right people that I hire, they'll believe in my mission. They're going to be moved by the work that I'm trying to do, and of course they would show up and help me build this business to the next level. But even in my life, there's times when I'm like, oh, that isolation thing, I'm over that. And then I'm like, oh, wait, you get to the next level. There it is. <laughs> we talk about that a lot in personal growth. You get to a new level, there's a new devil waiting for you. So this isolation thing, I'm working through it on my own. And for you, I would highly encourage you to find a coach, a mentor, a therapist, somebody who can help you work through that. If you're a person who thinks, I've got to do this all myself, because that leads to a lot of stress, a lot of overwhelm, a lot of tension in your relationships because you're probably going to complain to people about what they're not giving you while you simultaneously are not asking specifically for what you need. Big thing that will help you break through to the next level. Get out of that isolation pattern. But this is about being able to build safety in your relationships, knowing that it's okay to have needs. I can ask for my needs and they will get met. And the third point that I want to touch on today is working on your inner game. Going on a personal growth path and committing to constant and never-ending improvement, as Tony Robbins would put it. Because I believe the, the last stop on the train for most personal growth is developing a belief in a higher power. Whatever you want to call it, however you relate to that idea, but believing whether it's God or the universe is going to support you and have your back and that your needs are met in every moment. That it is safe for you to have the things that you want. Because what I see time and time again with my clients is through our work together, they'll cultivate a vision for what they want to create. And I can help anybody come up with a strategy to achieve what they want. But if there's a struggle in achieving it, if there's some sort of block and you're not making the progress, it is because there is part of you that truly believes it's unsafe for you to have the thing that you want. And this conflict can happen in so many different ways. Case in point, I worked with a client earlier this year. He was a super high achiever, highly decorated in his old profession, numerous awards, recognitions, and he wanted to start his own entrepreneurship and actually start a coaching business. But what was keeping him stuck is he was focusing all of his energy and even much of his finances on bankrolling and supporting his wife in her entrepreneurial endeavor. Now, obviously, if you're not putting time in toward the goals that you want most, that's going to be a problem. But there was a hidden block underneath. When we talk about feeling unsafe to have the things you want, what we uncovered in doing the work is him believing that if he focused on his business and was not focused on his wife, it would ruin his marriage because they had gotten to the point where they were so busy. The only time that they had to connect as husband and wife is when they were creating business plans for her big dream. And if you believe that the things that you want are going to cost you your marriage, you're going to stay stuck. But of course, if you have the desire in the first place, it's because you'll be supported on the journey. We've talked about this on an earlier podcast this year, that the word desire is from the Latin root, meaning of the father. The way I look at this is your desires aren't yours. They were given to you by a higher power who created you to bring that desire to life during this lifetime. But if you have a blind spot that you can't see, if there's an inner conflict that tells you I'm either unworthy of having what I want, that it's unsafe for me to have what I want, you will go into protection mechanisms to keep yourself from experiencing that hurt. And they usually manifest as very common patterns that we've almost accepted in our culture. Perfectionism. Oh, well, the plan's not 
perfect. When I have it perfectly figured out, then I'll get started. But of course, there never is a perfect plan. So that leads to procrastination. How many people have been talking about getting, you know, that book written or losing the weight or making a new financial commitment to handle their finances? They've been saying that for two, three years, maybe three decades in some instances. But as you work on your inner game, as you get the right coaching, the right mentorship, the right therapist, as you start to heal the trauma underneath those beliefs, you know, for my one client I talked about, really the ultimate fear for him was if he focused on his business, he was going to be alone because he has some abandonment issues going back to mom and dad. So that was something that was really important for us to address to dissolve that block so that he could move forward with confidence and step into his new business. You want to create more freedom in your life? Here is point number four. You have got to have other interests away from your job. Life is all about balance. And particularly for the entrepreneurs that I talk to, it is so easy just to focus on the hustle, the hustle, the hustle, the hustle. We live in the Gary V culture right now where we're told it's all about you got to hustle and work your ass off. And I am all for work ethic, but you've got to be able to have some other interest and some other things. You have to live your life in order to spark your creativity. You have to be out there living life in order to feel love and deeper connection with the people around you. So it is vital for you to have other interests and to be pursuing them. It could be art. It could be playing sports. It could be writing. Whatever that thing is for you, commit to it and do it. Establish some balance, some fun, some connection in your life. Here's an interesting fact from my three-year journey. My two highest earning months of income And the three years that I've been in business have both been when I've come out of that isolation pattern that I talked about earlier and allowed myself to explore new romantic relationships. Earlier this spring, there was somebody that I met in the personal growth space through the coaching world, and she and I hit it off, and we were talking about moving forward in a relationship, and it didn't work out ultimately. But what happened was during that month of just engaging and having fun and having that connection and that laughter and that affection in my life, my business shot through the roof. I made more money in a month than I made in the entire first year of being an entrepreneur, probably the first 15 months of entrepreneurship. And that wasn't the right relationship for a lot of reasons. But thank God that that got cleared out because I met somebody who is much more in line with where I'm at right now. And we've entered into a new relationship. And last month was my second biggest month of business. So a lot of times, and I've heard Marianne Williamson talk about this, and I've heard my mentors talked about it, and I never really believed it until recently, that just allowing yourself to have that love in your life. We talk about receiving help and coming out of isolation, allowing yourself to receive that love and that connection. That is rocket fuel for you in your life. That will amplify whatever it is you're working toward. More income, more health, more happiness. So really looking at your life holistically, where are the places you need to step it up right now? How are you in your level of creativity every day? Do you have hobbies and interest and activities that light that spark in you? If not, find it. What is your level of friendship and connection? Are you making time in your life to see the people who you value most? Do the relationships in your life bring a sense of joy, bring a sense of support? If not, we got to make that a priority. And as you do that, you'll notice that the results in all other areas of your life will improve. And finally, another important lesson that I've learned, happiness is a choice and you get to choose it minute by minute. 
Your happiness is not attached to the result. So many people think they'll be happy when they get that thing. When I get the bigger paycheck, when I get the promotion, when I get the new car, when I find the new relationship. And this will get a little metaphysical and a little woo-woo, but we talk about the law of attraction. And it's not about attracting the things you desire. It's about attracting what you are. And if you're in a place of fear and scarcity at that vibration, you will attract more things to feel fearful and scarce about. You can't scarcity your way to abundance. You have to choose to be abundant right now. And I don't know what your situation is financially, but I can tell you that 75% of the planet lives off less than $2 a day. So in the grand scheme of things, you're already abundant no matter what your income is. You have to raise your vibration and be in the energy of the things you want to attract. And what does that look like? You know, a lot of times when I'm meditating or if I'm focused, if I'm doing a visualization about what I want next in my life, what my next level looks like, I just allow myself to get curious. God, what would that feel like? That would feel so free and easy. I would be overjoyed if I got this other thing in my life. Once I identify the emotion that I believe I'm going to feel when I achieve the next goal, it becomes a game every day of how can I be in that emotion right now? How can I cultivate a sense of that? What can I do right now to make myself a vibrational match for the things I desire? And when you can create that emotion and that vibration and that energy right now, you will become a magnet. You become so attractive to all those things. It's almost like you're going to become magnetic and create it more in your life. Friends, these five strategies have changed me over the last three years. I don't recognize my life from where it was in October of 2015. It's been a long journey. It has not been easy. A lot of these concepts I'm giving you are simple in theory. They're not easy in practice, but let's review them. Number one, you have to reframe what confidence is and realize it's not the absence of self-doubt. It's your ability to take massive action in spite of the fear. Number two, coming out of isolation Asking for and allowing yourself to receive help. You cannot get to the next level alone. We are tribal creatures. We are built for connection and community. So ask for what you need and allow yourself to receive. Vulnerability is not weakness. Number three, make a constant improvement to working on your inner game. Personal growth ultimately is about connecting to yourself, but also building a spiritual connection of your own understanding. This isn't about religious dogma. It's a very personal relationship that you can choose to build, but the universe created you to live a specific purpose, and your job is just to get out of the way and eliminate any of the mental blocks that are standing in the way of you actually pursuing it. Number four, live a well-rounded life. Have other interests. Go on that date. Leave the office at five to go to the concert or go to your kid's event. Leave the office at five o'clock. Go to the gym. Take care of yourself. But the more that you can create a sense of balance in your life, the happier you're going to feel. And why is that important? Because point number five is, is you have to be happy right now in the moment. Happiness is a choice. And as you raise your vibration, you will attract more of the things you desire. 
I hope this content serves you. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Maybe there's one thing here that you have resolved that you're going to implement into your life. Join our Life Amplified Power Tribe Facebook community. We have a link to it in the show notes. I want to know what new commitment that you're going to make this week. And I am in that group all the time. I'll be responding to your post and there to support you every step of the way. If you're looking to make 2019 the best year of your life, if you're looking to amplify your purpose, if you're looking to amplify your income, if you'd like to amplify your joy, your happiness, your creativity, I've got you. I have a couple spots open for my VIP one-on-one coaching programs in the month of November. You can find out more about how we can work together by going to creativesoulcoaching.net. Click on the application. We'll schedule a complimentary 30-minute call and talk more about your life amplified in 2019. If you love the episode, please be sure to share this with a friend. You can also screenshot this and upload it to Instagram or Twitter. Be sure to tag me at CSC Dan Mason. I'll shout you out on next week's podcast and thank you for listening. And in the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity. Turn up the volume on your purpose so you can get out there and live life amplified. We'll talk next week.